0: Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live on the postcast by the Timberwolves Game 3 loss to the Denver Nuggets. Marty Gellner from Valley Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now.
1: You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Marty Gellner of Valley Sports North is with me to break down the Wolves, game three loss to the Nuggets, and... Marty, this was another rough one. I mean, other than a brief Wolves lead in the first quarter that kind of came out of the gates ready to go. The Nuggets led the rest of the way and, and despite having their backs against the wall in a must-win game, the Wolves never seriously challenged taking the lead back. And now the Wolves are in a three-game to zero hole going into game four on Sunday. Yeah,
1: it was a it was a tough one, Ben. I mean the the Nuggets established themselves after, as you mentioned, the Wolves kind of jumped out. It was was fun it was electric there was a ton of energy at target center and then once denver kind of got their footing underneath them i mean mike malone called a timeout and we hadn't even played three minutes of the first quarter he was like immediately saw something that was not right or not what they talked about and he was like boom we fixing this right now and it was like the nuggets uh got their footing and once they led in this game the wolves closed the gap And then let go of the rope and then close the gap and let go of the rope and close the gap and let go of the rope. And it was just this constant dance that the Wolves never, ever could close. I mean, they just they just don't have the weapons to to run with this Denver team.
0: They don't. And it really did feel like they played the majority of the game. You know, there was there were stretches where the the deficit bounced between eight and 12, 13 points. And then they kind of got it back to there were a couple of times, even in the second half, where they got it to one possession. But it never really felt like And, and it seemed like the crowd had kind of the same energy where. You know, it kind of it felt like the Wolves were hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And maybe it would be that one big run that the home team usually can get or even really the trailing team. Like we saw the Wolves have in Denver, you know, the other on Wednesday. Yeah. Right. But that push never really came. And it was very weird because that that is something that you come to expect in NBA games where whoever's down by, you know, double digits makes that push. And the Wolves did get to within three, four points a couple of times, but never got over that the proverbial hump there. And Denver just played a really well-rounded game, a very professional performance. Uh, you know, as as much as they relied on Jamal Murray to kind of drag them to a game two win late and game one was just kind of dominant, this was just a very, like, start to finish after that Malone timeout that you referenced, Marty. This was just like a – Denver seemed very comfortable. They took the Wolves' punches. It was a well-balanced uh, performance for Denver, and they just – they look really, really good.
1: Denver looks – Great, I think it. this team did not look this good any of the four times the Wolves played them in the regular season and really maybe even a good stretch of the regular season. This is a legit looking number one seed because of the weapons. I mean, we have played three games and Nicole Jokic has not been the best player for Denver in any of the three. I feel like he's just waiting for like, hey, let me know when you need me. I'm just going to chill here and pass the ball and get everybody else involved. And then you tell me when you need me to kick it in. Okay. I mean, that is incredible to have the weapons that they have and the, the balance, every starter scored in double figures tonight between 14 and 25 points and did just about and all they needed to do to keep the wolves at arm's length the entire time. I just get the sense that we have not seen Denver pour it on and turn it up. And they're just, um, they're just plowing through the wolves right now and waiting to turn things up. And that's how good Denver looks. Part of that's on Minnesota and on the defense, just not being able to slow them down. But, I mean, hats off and much respect to this Denver Nuggets team because they took a lot of, a lot of um, people, a lot of disrespect, I think, heading into this playoff series that this was not a strong number one team. And the Nuggets are looking like a very strong, one seed after three games
0: and on the Wolves side we talked about this after the first or actually after each of the first two games offense was primarily the issue and, and this is oversimplifying things a little but in this game it really felt like defensively what defense was the biggest issue for the Wolves they gave up 120 points Denver shot 57% from the floor, almost 41% from three, 85% at the free throw line. Yes, the Wolves had a massive uh, advantage in terms of free throw differential. We can talk about that later. But the shooting percentages for Denver were through the roof. You mentioned the balanced attack. Everybody that played for them scored at least eight points, eight between eight and 25 points. Um, and, and the Wolves just really seemed to struggle with, uh, they had some miscommunications on, on switches. When this was a like a five-point game or something late, Denver got a lob. I think it was Jokic to Aaron Gordon, just like, you know, Cat dropped him off and Ant didn't pick him up. And it was just, there were so many of those possessions where the Wolves weren't talking. They gave up easy back cuts. They gave up open jumpers. Denver was just methodical. They didn't have to rely on Jamal Murray like they did at the end of the last game. This was just like, it really just kind of felt like they were picking apart the Timberwolves slowly but surely throughout the game. And Minnesota's defense was a full step slow all night long. Again, miscommunications, of course, sluggish in transition defensively. We've seen that a lot this season. But in the half court, I thought they were solid the first two games in in terms of half court defense for the most part, Um, you know, save for the first half, I guess, in game one. But the, the half court defense was like it just seemed like there was just a complete lack of of communication, lack of understanding for what Denver was trying to do in this game.
1: It feels like, you know, when you rattle off a list like that, where it feels like Denver was better in so many different areas, we're just talking about a better team and on a significantly better team than this Wolves version right now, because this Wolves version, remember, does not have Jaden McDaniels and does not have Nas Reed. And I, I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about, how much different and better this situation would be and where the Wolves would be if they had those two guys. But Minnesota claimed the eight seed and won a decent amount of games this year as a different version of what the Wolves look like right now. So Denver as the one seed just is right now through these first three games, a much better and balanced team all around than this version of the Minnesota Timberwolves that just through three games is pretty evident. And so maybe instead of trying to pick it apart here's what's missing, it might just be that you have to resign when this series is over, whenever that happens Sunday or a game after that, it might just be like, it was pretty clear there was one team that was way better than the other. And that's really all there is to it. Because through three games, one team has been really significantly better than the other. And, I mean, the Wolves hung in there. You cannot – how do you shoot 35 free-throw attempts to Denver's – whatever they had, 15, and still lose that game? I mean, that's – that tells you that for Denver to overcome that. I mean, that's that's pretty significant. We're just looking at a good basketball team. The Wolves seem overmatched on almost every level right now.
0: Tonight's postcast is brought to us by our friends at Nissan. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria for the Timberwolves. It has to be Anthony Edwards coming into this game in the series. He was averaging nearly 30 points a game on over 52% shooting and 50% from outside the arc over the first two games of the series on Friday night in game three in the loss. He had 36 points on 10 of 22 shooting seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, and was clearly the Wolves best player on the floor. Anthony Edwards is always electric on the court, just like the 2023 Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissanusa.com. One of the areas that I I think we all expected the Wolves to not be so overmatched in in this playoff series, and and I'll preface this by saying Yes, Jade McDaniel's is out. Nas Reed is out. Those two would be considered supporting players to the Wolves' "quote unquote" big three of, of Edwards, Towns, and Gilbert. However, the kind of veteran glue pieces, you know, that that are supposed to be like coming into the season. At least I looked at this roster and was like, "Oh, finally, the Wolves have this veteran depth. They have Kyle Anderson. They have Torian Prince." Um, you know even their 10th guy is Austin rivers. Like somebody who's played rotation minutes for playoff teams for the last several years, for the most part, like this team has real depth and and yes, it's being tested, but this was, this was a lot like game one in that the nuggets, their role players, like the Bruce Browns and the Catavius Caldwell Popes, those guys played really well for the wolves. Jeff green. That was, that was not what happened. I mean, like there wasn't the wolves bench combined to score 10 points on three of 17 shooting the wolves the wolves bench total had 10 points on 17 shots in this game and we could throw in the other you know like nikki alexander walker would be the fifth star but he also only had right. eight points in this game it, just a really disappointing supporting cast performance for the wolves they actually got some scoring out of their quote-unquote big three Um, but supporting cast wise denver completely outca- outclassed the wolves
1: yeah absolutely that was a huge Part of this game tonight, Nikhil Alexander Walker hit that three-pointer with like two seconds to go. So, I mean, outside of that, he had five points. The you you just you can't have it; it's not enough. And again, the Wolves looked different. Their bench looked much different before the injuries, but this is what you're left with. So you've got to be able to get more than that from your bench players. Kyle Anderson was one for seven and had two points. And I'm still pretty stunned by that just because he's such a smart basketball player that he should be able to stumble his way into eight or 10 points in a situation like this. But even Kyle talked in the locker room afterwards and he was really frustrated and almost disgusted with himself and his game tonight. Like he, he, he couldn't get it going. He didn't, he didn't know why he didn't have excuses. He was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't hit anything if he get my shot going. He's very frustrated. And it's an atypical game, and it's a terrible time to have it. But that's also a credit to Denver on the defensive side and scheming and just different guys playing different roles, able to suck some life out of different players for the Timberwolves. I mean, Anthony Edwards can only do so much. There was a a turnover that Ant had in the final. I don't know, the Wolves made their final push with, like, I don't know, they're down seven with three minutes to go or something. And Ant had the ball in the half court, and he tried to – drive into the lane he just he lost the handle and it was one of those where he probably went in through try to go through three people and i don't think he didn't even make it into the paint because he feels like he's got to do it all i felt like that play was indicative and reflective of what ant has felt in this playoff series like i gotta do it all i gotta make all the moves i gotta do all the drives i gotta hit all the shots and in a night like tonight it felt a lot like it. I know Carl Anthony Towns had a much better game, and that was awesome to see and good to see some volume out of him. But, man, you just got to have more weapons and outlets around in Anthony Edwards when it comes to playoff time like this. The Wolves did not have them tonight.
0: Yeah, and Kyle Anderson's been so good for the Wolves this year. He's already been called, and, and there's this is a loaded statement, but been called by many the best Timberwolves free agent signing ever. And he was fantastic in the regular season, probably a career year for him. Shot a career high from three point range, but this was not the game for him to have two points on seven shots, and he missed a bunch of bunnies around the rim. Spacing was was kind of the Wolves' biggest issue in this game, and, and frankly, it has been for big chunks of the season, and especially in this series. Because the nuggets are daring the wolves they're essentially not guarding whoever the worst shooter is on the floor and doubling either ant or cat whoever is whoever the wolves are initiating offense through and oftentimes in this game it was kyle Anderson. and one thing i was a little surprised that the wolves didn't do more of in this game was uh not they didn't play torian prince more prince started game two and yeah the wolves lost but prince had uh, i forget exactly how many points he scored but he's he had like three made threes and had I don't know, like 16 points in 18 minutes or 12 points in 18 minutes or something like that it was really effective. The wolves went back to Alexander Walker in the starting lineup in this game. And I thought he was good early defensively on Jamal Murray once again, but Prince only played 15 minutes off the bench. I mean, Jalen Noel played 12 minutes and really did not play well. and hasn't looked good in a long time. Torian Prince only played 15 to Alexander Walker played 22 minutes. Austin rivers played six minutes. Kyle Anderson played 29 minutes. And I, I get why you're playing Kyle Anderson. He's effectively your backup center at this point. Um, or, or at least your backup four, I guess when one of Rudy, your cat is off the floor, but it just felt like the wolves needed spacing and Prince is the only guy on the bench you can get. I know Kyle Anderson shot 41% for three this year, but it was low volume and teams dare him to shoot the three, especially when he's not in the corners. And it just felt like you could have used more Tori and Prince. Like this team, just spacing is the biggest issue when cats involved in the action in the middle of the floor. Now you've got Rudy go down low and you're crowded and, and, Who's left facing the floor? Well, it's Kyle Anderson and one of Mike Conley or Anthony Edwards. But Torian Prince is, is in my mind, the only realistic somewhat of an answer to that. And, and I felt like we could have used a little more of him, and he's going to have to come up big in Game 4. Yeah,
1: and that, um, that really wasn't posed to Chris Finch post-game, so I don't know what his logic and reasoning is. I remember in Game 2 in Denver – As we got down the stretch, Jim Peterson called for it on the broadcast, not called Finch out, but just said, like, man, I think I think this is where you got to put Torian Prince back. in. I think he's got this was when he had five fouls and he did not come back in. And Jim Pete made the call, at like the eight minute mark or something like that, just saying, like, you know, this is what I would do if I was coaching. I would look for this because of some of the things you were just talking about, Ben. And they didn't. They didn't go back to him. They rode with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, which I know they like their defense. I know they like his his energy. And he made that early three-pointer, and he made a really nice drive early, but then that was kind of it on the offensive end, except for that three essentially right at the buzzer. So, um, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like that that's kind of maybe down the list of, of issues, but it is something, and it may be something that they have to tweak game four, because if you're going to make a change in the starting lineup and go away from a Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you would think that this is probably the time to do it. Just see what you have. And um, one one little note on Jalen Noel, who, you're right, was not good tonight and has not been good in this series. As we were doing our post-game show tonight from Target Center, there was one player back out on the court, who, and he was shooting, and he was doing uh, just it was Jalen Noel— And he started by going to the free throw line and just shooting the ball just straight up in the air, like just looking at it coming off his hand. And he was doing these drills with a shooting coach and then eventually moved into actual shots and then eventually to three-point shots. So here's a guy who desperately wants to be part of this and wants to make an impact. And now that you're short-handed, I mean, this is his time. This is his opportunity to shine. And and Jalen Noel has just not been able to do it, and I think it's absolutely killing him. So he was he was shooting shots at midnight tonight trying to get himself right. We'll see if, you know, does that help for game four on Sunday? We'll see.
0: Well, and if there's ever a time to catch lightning in a bottle, now is the time. When you're down three games to nothing in a series, I believe no NBA team has ever come back from that deficit, but I mean, Jalen Wells is one of those guys who who can, you know, all of a sudden get really hot. And that's that's exactly what you need now, is you need guys like him, guys like Anthony Edwards, obviously, and Carl Anthony Towns, players that can do that and, and carry a team's offense. And I would put, you know, Noel not exactly in that same category as those two, but he's the only guy, maybe other than them, certainly off the bench, that can get hot and score in bunches. And that's what you need to beat a team as good as Denver. Um, and we talked about this at the top of the show tonight, but Denver's just a really, really good team. And it's a combination of that And the Wolves, you know, struggling and and like the last two games technically were close late this game and game two. So, well, the Nuggets have won every quarter, but one or at least sorry, they haven't lost. They've only lost one quarter. There were a couple of tied quarters tonight. The Nuggets have only lost one quarter out of 12 so far. Um, So in that sense, it's been a pretty dominant showing by Denver. Um, But, you know, the Wolves did some good things in this game, especially early. They did some good things, you know, in the third quarter of game two. So you need somebody to get hot on Sunday. You need to show some fight, show some life, and send this thing back to Denver and see what happens. But um, you know, hopefully, some of what we talked about comes to fruition Sunday. That's a 8:30 PM tip um, for me. The biggest thing is find you know that flow that the Wolves were looking for offensively. They saw a little bit more of that in this game, but then late it just ended up being hey Anthony Edwards try to figure this out as we talked about, um, and then the role player stuff. I just think you need a, you need to be able to to put up some resistance. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned the free throw differential earlier, the Wolves were a plus 22 in terms of free throw attempts, but they were a minus eight on the glass, um, you know, that was that was maybe the biggest issue um, at times was rebounding, but otherwise it was just Denver executing good offense and the Wolves not being able to counter in their end, uh, but we'll do it again on Sunday.
1: We'll do it again on Sunday and we'll see if the Wolves have some fight in them because that is a difficult position to be in. I'm not just talking about being down 3 nothing, but Finding the will, and the determination, and the grit to win a game, knowing winning a game earns you a trip back out to Denver, where the Nuggets have a chance to close the series. Like that is not a great motivation, but you don't want to get swept. You know, it's right. it's a difficult position to be in because realistically, you got to be thinking about your off-season plans and your flight to Costa Rica as soon as your team loses out or whatever it is, you know, that's human nature, too. That's part of the whole package. But, I mean, I think we're going to find out. We're going to find out a little bit more about this team on Sunday night, just if, if there's fight. I mean, this are they going to win the game? Don't know, but it better be competitive. This better be a, a team that shows up with the will and the want to win a game. And if Denver's the better team and Denver just – has it and has their number and it just is not meant to be. I can live with that. But if the Wolves don't show up and don't play with heart and grit and determination and the want to, then that will be so disappointing. So um, that's what I'm going to look for. I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down this Denver team, but I'm looking for a little better defense and the will and the want and the effort and the energy and just uh, put it all on the court and play play like there's no tomorrow because guess what if you don't win the game Sunday there ain't
0: no tomorrow indeed and and that effort level and the fight and you know that'll speak a lot about the players in the game it'll speak a lot about the coaching staff and the way this team was assembled as well all that is you know all eyes are on that effort level Sunday and it sounds crazy but that I mean Denver is that good and and like you said the human nature of the the history of being down 3-0 and the human nature of going back to Denver Tuesday doing this all over again um It'll be. It's important to see whether or not the Wolves bring that fight on Sunday. That's an 8.30 p.m. tip. We'll go live with the postcast, win or lose, about 45 minutes or so after that game. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube to be notified when we go live. You can also listen to the show after the fact on On Wolves, wherever you listen to podcasts on, on the regular podcast, you'll be able to find the audio. A big thank you for listening tonight. A big thank you for watching, and we'll catch you next time.